everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. I appreciate you spending some time out of your week to give a listen. Um, last week, I spent uh, most of the show talking uh, with Matt Carroll about the Milwaukee Brewers, which we do have some Brewer news to talk about today. They apparently are, will be signing uh, Colton Wong, second baseman, to a two-year deal with a third-year option, which is great for the Brewers. Um, it does bring some questions on what they're going to do in, uh, with their infield with, um, Keston Hira being, uh, pretty much shoehorned into second base where he's going to get a chance to try first base. And now the Brewers have a two-time gold glove winning second baseman to pair with Orlando Arcia and Lorenzo Cain to give the Brewers a pretty, uh, steady, pretty good middle of the, uh, defense up the middle so which is really good to have so question now is what do you do with Keston Hero and I'll get into that a little bit um, also last week talked about the Packers loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC championship game so I'm not going to talk about that game but I will kind of talk look back on the 2020 season talk about who stood out to me what stood out to me and why I'm so disappointed in the loss, why it hit me a little harder than, than usual. Talk about the change in defensive coordinator. Um, Matt, uh, Mike Pettin is no longer the defensive coordinator as the Packers decided not to renew his contract. And now they're in the process of interviewing guys such as Badgers defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard. I'm going to kind of give a uh, thoughts of who I personally prefer at the position. And talk about the Packer 12 uh, unrestricted free agents and kind of give my prediction if they will be back or not and look at the roster overall and talk about who who likely uh, uh, will or won't be back. There might be salary cap cuts, so... With that, again, appreciate the listen. Um, follow me on Twitter at Evan with Sports. Give me a follow there. You can uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook, Talking Sports with Evan. You can always email me if you have any questions, comments, advice, um, feedback. Talking Sports with Evan at gmail.com. So, with that said, quick Milwaukee Brew. So, as I mentioned, they signed Colton Wong. And I'm very curious on what the Brewers do moving forward because you have you don't have a first or third baseman technically right now, and baseball is looking like spring training will open on time, and you're without a first baseman and a third baseman. Well, I guess the Brewers are potentially looking to move Keston Hero to first base, which we'll see if he can handle that position. I'm sure he can. He's an extremely talented athlete with a huge bat. He just needs to cut back on his strikeouts, and uh, you know he'll be fine. He just needs to cut back on the strikeouts, and hopefully he can learn the position. I guess what you kind of hope for is they do the universal DH again, so then you can play him at DH, uh, him and Vogelbach kind of uh, switching off and on at DH, but you still need a first baseman. Luis Urias, um, Urias, uh Third base a lot last year. He can play that position, uh, and he could be your backup in the middle of the infield. But you still kind of need an everyday third baseman. 
So I don't think the Brewers are done. I still think they have some moves in them. I don't think they trade Keston Hero because he was one of the few untouchable players when the Brewers are looking to make trades to potentially make a playoff push or uh, make that next step to be successful in the playoffs um, the year after the NLCS appearance, uh, after the, you know their loss against the Dodgers, the season where they lost to the Nationals in the wild card game. Lots of teams are willing to trade, uh, make trades if he was included, but the Brewers weren't willing to do it, which I completely agreed with because he's a potential cornerstone um, stone player. But with Col- Colton Wong, and this is courtesy of uh, Andrew Wagner, um, in 57 career games at Miller, or formerly Miller Park, now AmFam Field, he has a 308, 373, 482. Um, Six home runs, 23 RBIs. His 855 OPS is the highest at any ballpark in which he has played at at least 10 games in his career. Again, that is courtesy of Andrew Wagner, at by Andrew Wagner on Twitter. Um, his power numbers are likely going to go up being at Miller Park now, which I'm, uh, which I'm uh, perfectly, perfectly sure. Um, uh, he's going to, like I said, his power numbers are going to definitely go up now. But I, I, I'm kind of excited. You know, it's been a, a very quiet offseason for the Brewers, as other teams have made moves. The Brewers haven't. And it was kind of wondering if, uh, when and what they're going to do. And they now, uh, they made their move, and uh, now we'll see what else they do. And my... Uh, my concern now, like I said, is that corner infield spots, especially if Keston Hira can't uh, play the first base position. And right now you don't really have a third baseman. So, But moving on, um, this show is mostly going to be focused on the Packers. And that's kind of what I'm here to, to discuss with you all. So obviously the 2020 season did not end as we all as Packer fans have hoped. Um, it was tough to lose to... Um, it was very tough to lose in the uh, in the NFC Championship game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and the reason why it was so tough is that this Packer team seemed special. Um, there is just something about this Packer team that was very special. Um, so it was hard seeing them lose to Tampa Bay. Uh, there, like I said, there's just something special about this team. From Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers again um, to uh, Aaron Jones uh, being a, you know, taking that next step as a superstar. Had 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns in 14 games. If he would have not missed uh, a couple games due to injury, who knows what he would have looked like um, at the end of the year. Uh, Devontae Adams. Um, you can't argue that he's not a top three receiver in the NFL anymore with the season he just had. 18 touchdowns, 115 receptions, 1,374 yards. Uh, MVS, he uh, had a big year, 33 catches for 690 and uh, six touchdowns, eight catches of 25-plus yards, long of 78, and 20.9 average. He uh, just short of 21 yards average per catch. He had a big year. He had a big. He had some big drops. I'm not saying he didn't have some big drops, a key moments, and a, a key fumble against Indianapolis. 
but he had a big year, and Rodgers was a overthrow away from connecting on him for a second touchdown against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. I expect to hopefully see him continue to grow as he matures. Robert Tanyan, uh, 52 catches on 59 targets, 11 touchdowns. Alan Lazard, even missing some games due to injury, continuing to take that next step as one of Rodgers' favorite targets. Aaron Jones is great in the passing game, as usual. Jamal Williams stepped it up. Um, defensively, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander, Kenny Clark, um, Roshan, uh, Roshan Gary, uh, Chris Barnes, they all had outstanding years. Kirksey came on at the end. Zadarius was solid. Preston Smith started slow but turned it on. Um, you know, this team, there's just something special about them. So it, it's hard watching them lose to Tampa Bay. Um, I don't know if you can just, you know, find the mojo and the magic that this team had. So, 13-3, and three, lost to Tampa. Where do they go from here? Well, they have a new special teams coach. They promoted within there. Um, the, the special teams can't get much worse. They, they had a long of 34 on kickoff returns, um, and that was by Tyler Irvin. Darius Shepard didn't do much at all. Um, punt return-wise, they were quite bad as well. Irvin had a long of 11. He had uh, average four yards per return. T- Tavon Austin, 4.7 yards per return, plus had a fumble. Um, Josh Jackson, six and a half yards per return. And Darius Shepard, uh, one six-yard return. Packers had a total of 11 punt returns for 53 yards. Their opponents, 17 punt returns for 291 yards and two touchdowns. Kickoff, the Packers had 33 returns for 623 yards, 18.9 yard average. Opponents, 45 returns, 1,088 yards, 24.2 yards uh, per average return. And I get the Packers kicked the ball off a lot, but when the ball doesn't go through the end zone, you have to do a better job of getting tackles. And I know, te- you know teams at, some, at, at times this season were deliberately kicking it short because they knew there is no way that the Packers are going to take the ball to the 25. And if they did, oh well. They knew they were going to probably stop them inside the 25-yard line. They weren't passing that 25-yard line. So Mason Crosby had his usual outstanding year. Um, J.K. Scott... Could have been better punting, 37-yard net, um, as opposed to the opponents had a 42-yard uh, net. The odd thing, the Packers punted the ball 46 times, and Aaron Rodgers had 48 touchdown passes on the year. So Rodgers did, in fact, throw more, t- more touchdown passes than J.K. Scott had punts. So kind of a cool stat for me. Um, defensively, the Packers are moving on from uh, Mike Pettin, as I mentioned earlier. And there's some candidates out there that the Packers will be talking to in the next uh, several weeks and days. Uh, Jerry Gary, um, defensive backs coach, has an interview scheduled. 
Um, I've been pretty high on Mike Smith, but it doesn't look like he's going to get an interview. Um, Jim Leonard, he, uh, Wisconsin defensive coordinator, 10-year NFL vet. He's uh, played in Mike Pettin's system before. He knows Mike Pettin's system. So if they want to keep something similar system-wise and just have a new vision on how to run it, he would be a perfect choice. The step from college to the pros might be a bit steep, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I'm very curious on what the Packers do for the defensive coordinator position because this is this is a this is a a key key a key hire for Matt Lafleur. Most of his uh, hirings, besides um, special teams coach, have been home runs. His um, his uh, decisions on the position coaches when he's been able to bring on new position coaches have been mostly slam dunks. Um, Alexander with the hire of Gray, and I'm, you know, Alexander's a talented back as it is, but with the hiring of Gray, he even took that next step. And it'd be interesting to see what the Packers do at the, um, the, at the defensive coordinator position. Because um, you got talent there. You got Clark. You have Amos. You, for the time being, still have Zadarius and uh, Preston Smith. You got Rashawn Gary. You have Alexander. Um, you have a lot of, a lot of good, a lot of good pieces on this defense and other guys that Packers are looking to interview, uh, Burke, uh, I mentioned Gray, Evro, and Harris um, are other guys that the Packers are looking at. So, you know, Leonard has a 3-4 um, background. Um, the other guys have more of a 4-3 background who they've talked to. I don't think if you, I don't think at this point playing 4-3 or 3-4 are really important anymore. Because the majority of the time, you play in you play in nickel packages anyways. You take an extra lineman off, or you take an extra uh, or end or linebacker off, and you play in nickel most of the time anyways. So I don't really have a preference in quote what the base defense is because teams don't really play their base defense much anymore anyways. But with that, you got a new defensive coordinator coming in. You know, Matt LaFleur did hint that he's willing to give up play calling duties, which I hope he doesn't. Um, I think LaFleur is a really good play caller. I get why he might do it if it allows him to look at big picture stuff more um, and not have miscommunication when he thinks the defense should be one thing. And he, uh, I guess, the, the, the coach doesn't hear what he thinks uh, it should be. And we see what happened with Kevin King. So I don't think Matt LaFleur gives that up. I think he loves it too much. And I think he's really good at it with him and Nathaniel Hackett are really good at uh, uh, working together, putting together the game plan. And the problem you're going to run into too, if you turn over play calling to Nathaniel Hackett, he's on a lot of teams radars already um, around the NFL to be a head coach. So you give up the play calling duties. Now he gets nabbed to be a head coach. Now you have to bring in a whole new offensive coordinator, and now you either are going to call plays again yourself, or you're going to have to find somebody to call plays for you again. So I think the consistency, the trust, the belief that him and Aaron Rodgers has in one another, I think you continue with. I don't think you give it up. 
You know, we saw Mike McCarthy overreact to the debacle in Seattle and gave the play calling duties to, um, can't even think of his name right now, um, Tom Clements, I want to say. I could be wrong. But he had the play calling duties to him, and the offense looked very bad for a good chunk of 2015 before he took the uh, play calling duties back. So I think LaFleur, and nothing against Nathaniel Hackett, I think he's a talented offensive mind, but I don't, you just have the number one ranked offense in football, you you don't mess around with that. You, you keep what you're doing. You keep doing what you're doing as the play caller, and, you know, maybe just give Hackett more responsibilities if you feel, you know, to have the ability to call plays if you have to deal with, um, if you have to deal with, you know, things that are going on on the opposite side of the ball. So that's kind of my thought there. So how might the 2021 package look like? Um, so 12 free agents. I'm going to go through um, one by one and kind of give you my thoughts. If, if Are they going to stay or are they going to go? Aaron Jones. Unfortunately, he's gone. Um, Packers already are 30... Um, Roughly $31 million over the cap right now. Uh, thirty-nine, Close to $39 million over the cap right now, according to over the, uh, sport, SportTrack.com. Um, they have a lot of moves they got to make to get under the cap. And some of that, yes, you can do with restructuring some guys, extending some guys. But overall, you have a lot of moves you got to make. And you have Devontae Adams pending free agency after next year. Um, you have Alexander coming up soon in free agency. So the question turns into, you can't pay everybody. And we've seen the running back position be a position that they can really just plug a lot of guys in there. Jamal Williams had success. Uh, A.J. Dillon had success. You can really just plug people. And I know I get Aaron Jones gives you um, – I get Aaron Jones gives you the dynamic threat in the passing game and running game and breakaway game that you don't really have currently on the roster, but you can't afford to give him top three running back money, which is what it's looking like he wants. That's why he hired Drew Rosenhaus. He didn't hire Drew Rosenhaus to be a top 10 paid back. He hired Drew Rosenhaus to be a top three or top two paid running back. That's why you hire Drew Rosenhaus. So unfortunately, Aaron Jones <clears throat> won't be on the 2021 Green Bay Packers team. Corey Lindsley, I don't see any way he's coming back. Um, Packers haven't talked to him at all. They haven't did any contract negotiations at all with him during the 2020 season. Lindsay's talked about how he hasn't heard from the Packers and his agent haven't heard from the Packers. That, to me tells me that they are ready to move forward without Corey Lindsay. So what does that mean for the offensive line next year? Well, you can always put Jenkins at center. If you want to keep him at guard, you did draft a guy um, from Oregon last season. Uh, I think he spent most of the year on the practice squad. Um, you did hire a draft him. Uh, you have Simon Speniak, who spent most of the year on the IR. <clears throat> um Lucas Patrick can play center. And then you also have um, John Runyon Jr., who uh, looked good in spots um, when 
guys when they had to move people around and guys got hurt. He looked pretty good in spots. So I think you, uh, I think they feel comfortable. I really think they feel comfortable moving on from Corey Lindsley and using what they already have in the backup spots on the offensive line. Or, like I said, move uh, Jenkins into center, who is probably, to me, outside of Aaron Rodgers as a team MVP, based off what he did. And, oh, by the way, you got to pay Jenkins soon, too. Um, you know, his contract should be coming up soon as well. So I think Corey Lindsley's as good as gone. Kevin King... Unfortunately for Kevin King, his last game as a Green Bay Packer was the NFC Championship game, and boy, did it not go well. I don't have any ill will towards Kevin King. I was fine when they drafted him. I would have loved T.J. Watt in Green Bay, but at the time, you had depth at your edge rushing positions. You didn't have any defensive backs, really. You just played an NFC Championship game with Ladarius Gunter going one-on-one with Julio Jones. You had to get better there. Kevin King was a very good back on the board. Packers traded back and took him. And when healthy, Kevin King did a pretty solid job. He wasn't special. He wasn't Alexander Good. But he was a guy that, for the most part, you could depend on to get the job done. Well, unfortunately... And the biggest stage in the NFC Championship game against Tampa Bay, he did not play well. And unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of Packer fans that are only going to remember him for what he did in the NFC Championship game and not for what he did during his time in Green Bay. One healthy, he was a pretty good corner. You had a very good combo with him and Alexander for the past three years. I guess two years since King was healthy last year and missed a lot of time this year, but I don't think he's returning. Jamal Williams, I'm kind of on the fence with him. Um, he may get starting money to go somewhere else. He is a starting caliber back. I think he's great in a, a situational platoon-type system like they currently do in Green Bay uh, with him and Aaron Jones. I think he's great in that. But he may want to be a starter. He may want to. He may want starters money, and he may want to, uh, you know, get that starter money. So he may may get offered um, an offer he can't refuse in free. He can't refuse in free agency, and I would completely understand. You've been the number th- number two, number three back the last three last four seasons. You want your chance to be a starter and show that you can be a full time back in this league. But I can also see him coming back to Green Bay because he loved he loved the organization, he loved the city, and he's loved in Green Bay. So I could see him coming back, but I don't think he will. Mercedes Lewis, I think he comes back for another year. He doesn't offer you a ton in the passing game anymore, but he's a great locker room guy, great veteran leader, can still block the you-know-what out of people. As we saw him basically destroy uh, Jason Pierre-Paul in the Tampa Bay uh, Green Bay game in the NFC Championship game. I think he still brings you enough. Lane Taylor, unfortunately, with the depth of the young guys behind the starters, 
I think Lane Taylor's gone. You have John Runyon that you can put in there. Um, I I just think he's gone. Damian Harrison, I still don't understand why he didn't play more. But Snacks uh, was fun when he came, but I think he uh, probably move on to be a starter someplace else. Tavon Austin won't be back. Tyler Irvin, I think, will be. Um, Montrevious Adams is as good as gone. Billy Wynn probably won't be re-signed, but he's a guy that I could truly see if the Packers need somebody to come training camp or week four. I don't think he's going to be anywhere. And James Burgess, who uh, missed a lot of time due to injury, was a big special team, uh, played four games on special team, suffered a hamstring injury. We never saw him again. I think he'll be gone. Because you think about it, too, Alan Lazard is a re- uh, exclusive rights free agent. Robert Tanyan is a restricted free agent. You also got to get those two re-signed. So I just think with the money the Packers have or might have, they're just going to allocate those resources other places. So guys I could see being released would be Preston Smith. With the uh, with what Rashawn Gary showed this season, I think he uh, he's expendable and he clear about eight million in salary cap space if you uh, if you let him go. Um, Billy Turner. I know he did great work for you, but you clear about $3 million in cap space if you let him go, but I think he's pretty safe. Um, Christian Kirksey, you clear $5 million in cap space um, for releasing him. Dean Lowry, you clear $3 million in cap space. Um, Rick Wagner, you clear $4 million in cap space if you let him go. So out of those, I think Turner is probably the one that's likely to stay. But you clear cap space letting those guys go. Um, those would be your more than likely uh, guys you let go. The Darius Smith, you likely uh, extend restru- you know, extend his contract. He's going to the last year of his contract. So you extend him and push money down the road. But if you release him, you clear $12 million in cap space. Um, Adrian Amos, I think, I think you, uh, you extend this offseason, renegotiate and extend. Devontae Adams, renegotiate and extend. To try to spread, you know, get more money under the cap, and maybe the cap doesn't go down. But right now, I projected the cap to thirty-two uh, million packs of thirty-two million over the cap, and those are just some some ways that um, they could definitely get some cap space to try to bring some guys back and bring some guys in. Um, so that's kind of my thought on how the team could look. Other than those guys I mentioned, you don't really have uh, a lot of guys that are going to clear a lot of space for you because um, you're not cutting Mason Crosby, which will clear $2.5 million in space. Kicking's hard. Kicking in the NFL is very hard. Kicking in Lambeau Field is extremely hard. So I, I don't see any way you, uh, you let him go. So Goot talked about in his press conference that he is willing to borrow against the future, their future, a.k.a. kicking money down the road, spreading out contracts a little bit, going against their their structure of what they typically are since even the Ron Wolf era. You know, Ron Wolf was one that was willing to kick things down the road a little bit if he felt it was the right choice. Mike Sherman did it a lot. 
Um, Ted Thompson and Gooch are typically, we don't want to, you know, throw money down the road. Um, we'd rather pay you up front. So we're better against the cap down the road. But he, he said at his end of the year press conference, he's willing to, uh, he's willing to stick or he's willing to do it. And you know what that means is moving some of Aaron Rodgers money that he's owed to the tail end of the contract, moving probably money that Kenny Clark might be owed or David Bakhtiari's owed up front, moving it to the uh, back end of the contract. Same with the Darius, extend him, push it to the back end. So you're basically making, you're basically betting that, you know, in 2024, 2023, 2022, um, the salary cap's going to start going up again, or you're hoping. But right now, Packers are projected to have just literally a handful of guys under contract in 20, uh, 14 guys under contract in 2023 at this moment with how the team looks right now at $152 million under the cap. And in 2024, they have two guys under contract in Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark. Obviously, things are going to change. That's not how it's going to look. Um, that's not how it's going to look in 2024, but that's just how things look right now. So with that said, the other option the Packers could do is some of the guys I talked about releasing do it um, as post-June 1st cut. So that way you clear, for example, $12 million from Preston Smith, about $4 million from Dean Lowry. The Darius would be $17 million. And after June 1st, Aaron Rodgers would give you $22 million in cap space. So, But Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere. And I think they would be kind of dumb to do so. Because if they trade Aaron Rodgers right now, he has a $31 million cap hit. If they trade him post-June 1st, he's got a $14 million cap hit. And if they restructure uh, Rodgers, they can save $14 million. Uh, they can save seven for Zadarius, $8 million for Bakhtiari, $5 million for Preston Smith. Um, and these are numbers that I'm getting uh, from the website over the cap. So not sure how accurate it is based off the Packer situation, but over the cap in sport, 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 uh, uh, sport, uh, over the cap and sport track are typically pretty accurate in their numbers. So <clears throat> with that said, I want to thank you all for listening to Talking Sports with Evan as football is coming to a close. Oh, yeah, we got the Super Bowl on Sunday. Got to give you my prediction. So going into, you know, after the Packers lost, I was pretty adamant that Tampa Bay was going to lose to Kansas City. But looking at it now, you look at the situation Kansas City's in with their their offensive line is banged up. Um they are missing uh, both their starting tackles, and they're going up against a pretty, uh, pretty dang good uh, defensive front of Tampa Bay. Guys that can really get after the quarterback, and because of that, I and I know Mahomes can run a little bit. He can buy time with his legs. I get that. I just truly have a hard time. Because of both tackles being out, and I'm under the belief that the game is won and lost up front, 
I'm putting the money on, if I was putting money on the game, I'm putting money on Tampa Bay to win. I just think Tampa Bay's defense is too good. And I think with the Chiefs missing both their starting tackles due to injury, I think that's going to cause problems. And I think it's going to be too much for Pat Mahomes to overcome. Now, unfortunately, after the game, everyone's going to be talking about how great and awesome Tom Brady did. But I just think with that Tampa Bay defense, I think the Chiefs are going to struggle. I hope the Chiefs win, but I think Tampa Bay wins. So that's my thoughts. So I will be shifting gears now with Packers season coming to an end. I will be talking NFL draft coming up, working on some guests for that. I will be talking more Milwaukee Bucks. I will be talking more Milwaukee Brewers. I'm working on guests for both of those as well. Um, March Madness, talk about what that's going to look like. Some professional professional wrestling, if you're WWE fans. Um, I'm not a huge AEW guy, so I'm not going to talk too much about that. I'm more of a casual AEW person. Um, so, yeah. But if you want to get in touch with me, uh, Evan with Sports on Twitter, TalkingSportsWithEvan at gmail.com, TalkingSportsWithEvan on Facebook. Um and then if you're interested in uh, losing some weight, uh, eating healthier, finding new workout programs, um, hit me up, CoachEvan66 at gmail.com. Until next week where I recap the Super Bowl, I will talk to you all. I hope you all have a great remainder of your week, and I will talk to you all next week. Thanks, everybody.